Welcome back to Mumblecore. Still our first attempt at a podcast. And I'm Megan. And I'm Charlotte. And we're here again for another episode. Oh, yes. So I actually did have a question. How was your Valentine's Day? I was on an Amtrak. I went to the... Oh, we went to the National Mall in D.C. and someone, like, proposed in front of us. And, of course, people I was with, like, whooped and cheered. And I was like, I would die if I were at the National Mall in front of the Lincoln Memorial and someone proposed to me and a bunch of youths whooped and hollered. I'd be like, all right, time to go. They whooped and hollered? Like, oh That's God, a lot. Yee! And I was like... I also believe that no one should propose in public. Okay, that too. <laughs> okay, it's crazy to me because I was, like, relatively gung-ho about, like, promposals in high school i was like this is like love this is cute um i never want to be proposed to ever for marriage i like just like ugh. it's weird it, it well weird. yeah well like marriage is like weird and not a thing that's that we want issue. but um that's a separate issue but yeah proposals like public proposals are creepy they, and weird and you can't say no then it's just a tactic to like trap women yeah and they totally opinion. soured for me i'm totally like i never want that i never want anybody to like concoct a perfect occasion i'm like just chat with me as a person that would be great yeah well we'll never have that maybe. i know whatever who knows crazy how far i've grown though <laughs> out of promposals i know but wait yeah. did you like did, okay did you have like a promposal yeah thing? i was like asked to prom yeah okay yeah yes but was it like anything like elaborate yeah it was nice it was like it was, it was thoughtful it was thoughtful it was thoughtful and original and everything I ever dreamed of in a promposal. Unfortunately, it was a promposal. <laughs> and therefore, that is what it is. And I oh, God. moved forward in my life to cynicism, I suppose. But Oh, nice. Yeah, lovely Valentine's Day. I took an Amtrak back to New York. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Like I, I was telling you, my Valentine's Day was spent recovering with my cat, Cleo. Who did get spayed? We on had Thursday? success on Thursday. <laughs> it happened. We had success. I spent Valentine's Day with my spayed cat. <laughs> yes, which is honestly like a real, just really as close as you can get as like a symbolism for my love life currently. Yeah, that, I was that's like, that's what that completely was. expected for you. Like, I would. oh, a hundred percent. Like, that's really like where I want to be in my life is spending Valentine's Day with my spayed cat. Mm-hmm. Like, also watching Star Wars. I did a full Star Wars movie marathon you during did that. your letterbox did tell me that and i was like she's going through something perhaps no it was just <laughs> your cat going through something like was i also maybe going through something Are at the always? same time yeah okay it was really stressful it was very very upsetting because mm-hmm. like it was like my child had her i ripped out her uterus and ovaries which Aww. is like very fucked up yeah. and she did not handle it well at all <laughs> she was wildly unhappy and unpleasant yeah, no, like, I brought her back, and, like, they were like, oh, put a cone on her. It was a disaster. She was just, like, running into walls She's and, like, screaming. No, cone. As in, like, mm-hmm. a cone of shame. <laughs> <laughs> you don't put a cone on your cat regularly? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but I did, well, you did see her, because mm-hmm. you FaceTimed me. Because I did, I transitioned, I bought truly that, it's, I spent too much money on it. It's a $36 cat recovery suit that I bought online. <laughs> recovery suit. Yes. Shout out to them. They actually, like, saved my life because the cone was not going well. Mm-hmm. So I put her in, like, essentially it's like a camo, like, very camo. high 
turtleneck. Camel like, was a choice, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> okay, that was the only option that I had, and I was desperate. But yeah, so I put her in that because it like would keep her from like ripping out her stitches mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, there was like a lot of biting and hissing getting her into it. It was not good. Yeah, so it was, like, it was very upsetting. So I, like, I laid on the floor with her for, like, three days. Mm -hmm. And she's doing better now, so that's good. But yeah, I watched um, every one of the uh, Star Wars movies. Well, not the new trilogy, but I watched the original, the prequels, and then Will I Continue On? Yes. But it was... I think it wasn't good for me because I was, I was like, locked myself in one room for three days and just watched Star Wars. Because it couldn't have been good for me because I liked the prequels way more than I should have. Like, you saw my reviews. I like the prequels. I have no shame about how much I like The Phantom Menace. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I I will say, I rewatched Phantom Menace. And again, I don't know because I used to hate on the prequels. But I was watching it this time and I was like, is this actually not okay, terrible? Okay, the race thing? with First of all, Baby Anakin I find adorable. And the fucking race or whatever. The pod racing? Yeah, and I always like a, a little, like, chosen one narrative. They're like, oh, he has more of the mitochondrion in his cells or whatever. Like, we've never seen this much. So then why don't you like the original? Because that's literally the original, too. Luke? Yeah, Luke is, like, the chosen one. I don't- can I be honest? I don't know if I like- Looking at that guy's face. What's his name? Mark Harrison Hamill? Ford. Oh, hair. What? I don't think I like looking at his face. You're telling me you didn't like Han Solo? I'm not a Han Solo fan. I'm definitely more of a Hayden Christensen fan. Okay. Oh my god, that's so deeply upsetting to me because <laughs> Harrison Ford, Han Solo is my like ultimate crush. Like, he was, I was obsessed with him, which is, like, maybe sad for me. Yeah, but, like, like, Leia's like, I love you, and he goes, oh, I know. I'm like, be a bigger dick, please. <laughs> it's such a bad line, but I it's love it. It's a bad it. line, and, like, the trilogy's obviously obsessed with it, because they repeat it, except Leia does it. I know, but it's, gr- oh, you don't like looking at Han Solo? He was, like, the epitome of, like, just every, he was great. He's kind of just, like, Top Gun. I'm just like, okay, you're a wild card, whatever. Okay, this is a really fucking wild take for me. That you were like, Hayden Christensen is hotter than Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Okay, maybe, like, like he does look good, but he he is, like, so fucking annoying in the prequels. Like, I hated everything I mean, with he him. he kills children. He's, like, a problem. <laughs> okay, so He's to me, the, the him killing children is the least part of why I hate him. Which is like fucked up, but is it like because of he's... Natalie Portman shit. Yeah, the, rom- the romance is awful. The sand scene, terrible. When he's like, "You're not like sand. Like it's rough and coarse, and you're smooth and nice." Imagine Do you not remember that? Because you were smooth and nice. <laughs> That's not the exact line, but it's terrible. It's awful, and it makes me want to scream every time. I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm still reeling from the fact that you're like Han Solo isn't hot. I mean, he's hot, like, in an objective sense, but I was never like, oh, I want to watch you this just, movie so I can look You at said I don't like looking at his face. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like looking at him that much. I don't know. Wait, so what's your favorite Star Wars movie, then? It's The Phantom Menace. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, The Phantom Menace of all of them. To be honest, I kind of like The Last Jedi, too. Okay, I like, okay, that's a, I like I The mean, Last Jedi. I mean, I don't really Jedi. care about the storyline, I just like when they step on the salt planet and it's, like, red. I'm like, sick. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, this is sick. 
And then, what's his name? Oh, God. The Luke, like, puts himself in the place that he isn't. I'm like, school! <laughs> That's, like, the whole thing. The only thing I remember. I guess I like Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, it's cool. Okay. Yeah, you should what's like that one. Hate? I mean, yeah. It's not to love. What's wow. not to hate? Um... Yeah. But that's okay. I will say that I will support you in the Last Jedi, even though that's a controversial, like Star Wars movie like for fans. I really hated, yeah. Um, Force Awakens. Okay, I liked Force Awakens and I liked Last Jedi, and then I fucking hated Rise of Skywalker with a passion. I, don't I thought they what fucked it up. In that movie. <laughs> it's it's bad. Well, it has it has it brings stuff back from the prequels, which apparently you fucking love because it has Palpatine who comes back. Oh yes. I do Which like, is stupid. I do like Adam Driver. We know this. Yeah. So essentially, your favorite Star Wars movies are based on, like, which man you thought was the hottest. Okay, doesn't everybody agree, though, that Kylo Ren has heavy Snape vibes? <laughs> yes, and we know from the first episode you have thoughts on Snape sexually. <laughs> have I already touched on wanting to fuck Snape? Oh, no. I'm so yeah, you never. <laughs> You've never elaborated on it? And I feel like, like, was it always a thing? Were you, like, as a child, like, looking at Snape and being like, like, I'm into this? As I got older, I was like, cool. He's, like, aloof. Charlotte. I really love, like, a man that just, like, won't look me in the eyes and, like, pretends he doesn't know me. (laughs) Okay, taking us heavily into our theme for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, like, we are, (laughs) we're gonna unpack a lot of this stuff today because, wow. We're gonna unpack because we are talking about movies that, you know, fueled our teenage crushes, developed our sort of eye for men, I suppose, <laughs> at a frighteningly early age. Thank you, film industry. But rewatching these are so upsetting to see what we were into. Oh my god, it's... Like, like I said this earlier to you before we started recording, this was the most painful two movies for me to watch. It, I physically hurt. Like, I physically hurt watching these. Yeah. And as I told you, I watched them both with my mouth completely open and both hands covering me the whole time. I was in shock that this was written by an adult. It's just so upsetting. It's like, I feel like I should be over that time in my life and it puts me back into that place and I want to die. Like, everything about it is terrible and it it gets this feeling in your stomach where you're like, I have to go vomit. I have to go hide into a hole and, like, I can't. I can't do this. I have to go vomit and then cover it up and then pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) It was so, so painful. I, like, oh my god. But I guess we should get into it, but wait, which mo- who wants to go first? Megan will be going first, as is custom. Always? Okay. <laughs> Megan will talk about her youthful crush. Okay. Okay, well then I'll start with mine. I love that I'm now just always going first, it just, but... It just, yeah, it's how it I feels right? it in my brain. It does. Okay. It exactly. Okay, cool. Well, anyways, so I chose... 17 again for my movie that really fueled my teen crush and I think it's because I was in a deep Zac Efron phrase at that point in my life like many many everyone was so I'm like it's not original but I feel like 17 again was like that was like okay so it happened uh 17 ends 2009 I think okay let me look I wrote it down. I wrote it down in my notes. Let okay. me find it. I didn't. It's two. It's two thousand nine. Okay. So this is post High School Musical. It's after. Oh yeah, yeah it was after. Cause like it was at his peak when people were like Zac Efron hyped. So it was honestly genius of them to cast him. 
Because everyone yes. on Earth was going to see this movie. But, like, this was, like, the movie, at least in my mind, where you're like, oh, he's not just Troy Bolton. Like, he's, like, he's, like, hot. Like, he's hotter than Troy Bolton. Except, like, he fucks. Like, in this movie, he fucks, and in High School Musical, he's not. Dude, this movie is a teen pregnancy. Disney Channel would never. I know. Like, okay, both movies that we watched, I was like, this is more sexual than I remember them being, yeah. but they are. More sexual than I was at that age by a mile. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, did I not under, did I, like, not understand them? Or, like, did I was, like, subconsciously new, but not really? I don't know. But anyways, so mm-hmm. 17 again is my pick. 2009, so like great Zac Efron period. He still kind of has like, not a bowl cut, but like that like shaggy mid-2000s Literally hair. Pequence. yes. Yeah, <laughs> like that is so not something I should be into, but I was into. Yeah, we were so into it. Like that, like when you have to shake your head to like swoop it to the side, a la Justin Bieber on stage. Yeah. Like, women were bowing <laughs> to him. <laughs> it's wild. I don't know why it, yeah. Like, this movie makes you, like, made me feel things as a, as a young teen. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit. And <laughs> now, watching it back, I was like, this is embarrassing. But anyways, so, a summary of what Seventeen again is, which is like, it was, it's okay. It's okay for what type of movie it is. Mm-hmm. But basically, it is about... Mike O'Donnell, who is this former basketball, like, high school star who, yeah, like, gets his girlfriend pregnant back in high school. And, like, very dramatically, he's like, I'm giving up my life and I'm going to get married and cool. But then it, like, flashes 30 years, or not 30 years. Is it, like, 20 years later? Something like that? It's a while later. Well, it's, yeah, like, 18, 17 years, yeah. Yeah, and so basically he's older, his life's a fucking mess, he's getting a divorce, he's fucking bitter and annoying. And he works at, like, some sort of pharmaceutical company where he has worked for 16 years and can't even make a regional manager position or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess so. And basically he meets a magical janitor and becomes 17 again and, like, relives his life and, like, learns lessons and shit. But it stars, obviously, as... Well, it's weird, because Matthew Perry is the old version, and Zac Efron is the young version, which, truly the most wild part of this movie that has a fucking magical janitor in it, is that they were like, Zac Efron ages into Matthew Perry. Literally, like, what is happening? I wrote, if 18 years later I became Matthew Perry, I would also want to do over. Like, Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not believable But either. then... My first thought, like, rewatching this movie is because I'm like, when I watched Friends, like, I liked Chandler. Like, he was, like, my favorite character. And I was like, maybe, like... Matthew Perry's also older in this movie. He is. Like, this is not good. This is not good, Matthew Perry. It's not, like... Yeah. It's, like, it's not good. It's not looking good. It's, like, really bad. But Zac Efron is peak Zac Efron, which they know because they immediately start off with him playing basketball, Troy Bolton style. And I think he has his shirt off. Or is that in my mind? My first note in this movie was, does he have an abnormally large amount of armpit hair? Like, is Zac Efron a hairy armpitted man? Maybe. Okay, so I... Yes, he does have a shirt off. <sighs> yeah, he does have his shirt off. And <laughs> Okay, I... yeah, that is a good point. For some reason, I thought I was like, oh, in the 80s, they have more armpit hair? I don't know why. That's not true. That's a... I don't know why I have that thought. I mean, body hair trends change but i don't think they change for men ever to be honest yeah, i don't know men just continue but, to be themselves all the time yeah frustrating but like it? It, it opens up and like everyone like this movie knows that zach afron's hot 
like mm-hmm. like it so clearly knows because like his shirt is off he's playing basketball his hair is like kind of long and in his face and he keeps on having Vaguely to like 80s but still chic yes like a little like curl in his hair he's looking great and then he's also like a nice dude because he's friends with like the nerdy water boy and i think this is what made me crush over this movie so bad really from the beginning heavy-handed with like guys don't bully this kid like best friend is the nerd he's a good guy popular dances with the dancers before the basketball game but like he's a good dude at heart he knows where where his you know loyalties lie and i was like okay shove it in our face but whatever this dude is anti-bullying yeah (laughs) but it's really like like he's like the ideal man because he's like the popular hot guy but he's not a dick Mm -hmm. and it's very like you're like very as a teen as a preteen i don't know how we were young during this but yeah yeah but yeah it was just like He's everything that you want. But I will say, this movie is just weird because it goes immediately when he decides to go after his girlfriend, who I don't know why she's, like, just found out she was pregnant, like, at that Thank moment. You. These are the questions. First of all, she's, like, on the side of the basketball court, and on the one hand, I was kind of like, why would you bring this up to him now? But on the other hand, she kind of tries to avoid it. She's like, just play the game. It's okay. Like, we'll talk later. And he's like, pushes her because he's like, I can tell that you're upset or whatever. And yeah, I, one of my notes literally was like, you're going to throw your future away when there's not even receipts. Like you don't have a sonogram in your hand, my dude. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You're just going to like take her word and leave it all. Yeah. That's cuckoo. And what's also very weird is because like he later does this very dramatic thing where he like throws the basketball. It goes into like a sepia tone and like he runs after her. Very strange, very dramatic. But his initial reaction is to just back away horrified and not speak to her. And I was like, yes, but I feel like if you were going to later like throw the basketball dramatically, like I feel like you would have been like had initial like, oh my God, what? Mm -hmm. Like, but he's just like, runs away from her and is like, I gotta go get my head in the game, like, high school musical style. I definitely was originally like, she's not giving birth tonight, my dude. Like, I know this is kind of a (laughs) jarring piece of information for you, but you can just play the game and see her after and make your decisions, but I guess it's on a larger scale. He's making the decision to, like, not get a basketball scholarship and not go to college, so it's kind of like, why play this high stakes game if you have no interest in it? So I guess, I, I was a little bit just like, okay... Whatever. Also, can yeah. we talk? And then, so they jump. So whatever. He, his girlfriend is a teen mom. And yes. we jump forward 18 years. And, like, she's so much cooler than him. Like, Oh, my God. Well, it's well, it's Leslie Mann playing the older yeah. version who is just so gorgeous so and gorgeous so great. And so cool. And just like, hey, here's your shit. Like, you're being a dick. Like, go live at Ned's. Like, completely unmatched for each other. She's just, like, so much better than him. And I'm like. Which girl. is, like, makes sense because, like, clearly she would be better than the high school basketball star later in life. Yeah. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah, it's like, I wonder if he had taken the basketball sh- scholarship and gone to college. Like, he'd probably still be working for an electri- erectile dysfunction right. company. And like, Yeah, like, his, his life would still be bad. But, oh, can we talk about that, like, office scene? Like, when... The- How does the, my biggest problem is that woman has the most supportive friends in the goddamn world when she gets the promotion. No one would be that happy for you. It's very like Elle Woods gets into law school. Yeah. Oh my god. Everyone's like, yes. Also, I'm like, it's the saddest job you could get. It's a sad promotion. You're the regional sales manager for fucking pharmaceuticals that are like. With a bunch of like 21 year old women. I was like, this is dark for you, my dude. Yeah, so they just kind of like set his life up as like total shit. He like wakes up in a spaceship bed at his friend's house and like 
eats Captain Crunch, and then just randomly drives to his kid's school. I had this other note where I was like, um, if I were in high school and my dad were just alone at my high school one day, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, please stop. <laughs> Don't do that. His daughter eventually tries to hook up with him because he oh, goes God. back in time and is 17 again. And it's very Back to the Future vibes. So I guess, like, we kind of are prepped for this <laughs> concept yeah. of, like, inappropriate time traveling but yeah well i also like i need to before we get into like the rest of the movie like the very awkward scenarios that like watching it back like him trying to fuck the mom and the daughter trying to fuck him yeah. like it's very him upsetting trying to fuck the mom. and it's like kind of makes sense because you're like you know what Zachary yeah probably would try and fuck leslie man <laughs> He not, would and like <laughs> leslie man would go for it this is not but... that weird to look at visually no the first we need to go into when he transforms into, like, Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Because that first scene where, like, Ned attacks him, Ned should be dead. Like, by the end of that thing, he is falling off stairs. Yes. I love that scene because, I mean, first of all, they're, like, they're in this cool house with these nerdy props and they want to use them. So I yes. get it. I'm kind of like, this is a lame setup. But I love when he keeps saying facts about Ned and Ned will, like, <laughs> miss a beat and he'll go, google <laughs> say i think ned is funny he was like you have an undescended testicle and he goes googleable <laughs> i will say though i'm looking at my notes and i have a note starred from this area that says okay is there anything hotter than zach afron fighting with a lightsaber which is a really sad thing for me to write it's really but a like, lot I... for you to say at this juncture in your life but i was like that's like peak <laughs> but i was like yes i want that because i'm like some, like, Zac Efron with a lightsaber was great. Like, it was just, I was into that part. Just embarrassingly I into it. I figure out how to turn it on. That was Yeah. Fun. It was, it was, that was, like, a hot moment for me. Um, which is upsetting. And we won't delve too much into that. I was just thinking about why we bother with the Ned subplot. Because throughout the movie, he, like, falls for the principal. And they're both, like, into nerdy shit together. And I was like... What's the point of this other than that it's cool the to most watch? sexual people I have ever met in my life? Like, what is going on? They just are like trying to fuck each other in very weird, aggressive ways all the time. Ned and the girl? Yes, towards the end, not in the beginning, because she's like, no, stay away. Oh, yeah. But then he's like, I'm wearing the cloak of invisibility. And she's like, fuck me here in front of my school. <laughs> oh, I have. Okay, the main thing that I have is I wrote down quotes from this movie mm-hmm. because they're all awful. I thought and... some of them were good. Continue. Okay, let me read one of the quotes because she says, quote, you can plunder my dungeon yes. anytime. That was a big problem. I do, the best quotes in this movie are Ned's quotes when he, I don't remember what he gets, but she's like, how do you have this? And he goes, let's just say I did, I told some things to the Make-A-Wish people that I'm not proud of. <laughs> I I do enjoy Ned. Like he has some good lines. He's really and the he's best. Funny. I love when the scene where Zach Efron tries to go back and get into high school, and he's like, "I saw Kevin Federline wearing this exact outfit last week." And finally, Ned is like, "Your shirt is bedazzled," and he goes, "Bedazzled with rhinestones." He's <laughs> wearing like an Ed Hardy cap backwards. God, there's so many 2000s references in this. Like the fact that they're like Clay Ink and Kevin Federline. It just really takes he's you back. Like, you look at Clay Ink, and he goes, "Leave him out of this." I really, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, the standout of this is, like, Zac Efron and Ned's relationship. It's just funny. And when Ned is, like, driving them to the the courthouse for the, like, divorce hearing, it's very, he's, like, puts the little emergency light and he has the whole conversation with the crossing guard. Was really, 
really, Kevin, you're going to do this right now? <laughs> like, Kevin just looks at it. It's funny. I think that's also why, like, this was, like, such, like, a teen crush movie for me is because Zac Efron is so fucking charming in this, and a lot of it is because of the relationship with Ned. Because they're, like, having, like, an adult relationship and banter, and, like, he's just is so good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he's acting, and, like, he's, like, not coming up with these things, but in my mind, it was like, this is Zac Efron, this is who he is. I do think that is the thing about teen movies, and the thing that I've heard other people comment on more and more recently is that teens are funny. Like, teens are fucking funny, and that's why, like, so many- Like, look at TikTok right now. I know. Like, are <laughs> teens funnier than we ever were? Yes. Yeah, that's why it's so- like, sometimes you think it's weird, like, why am I in my 20s and I want to watch movies about teenagers, but it's like, teenagers say the funniest shit to each other. They have such unique, like, close-knit, but also horribly fraught relationships because they're both changing so fast. And it's just fascinating. The one other thing that I need to talk about is, like, there is no way that Stan plays basketball. Like, his essence is, like, a guy that smokes a fuck ton of weed behind the bleachers and is a total burnout. Oh my God. Like, he's, he's not a, a basketball tattoo. player. Of a chain? Yes, the chain. Also, first of all, one of my... I was like, the mother just lets him come over all the time? It's like, oh, that's Maggie's boyfriend. He's like, Maggie has a boyfriend. Like, it's I gotta jump. It's like, Maggie makes out with him on the couch at her mom's house. Like, yeah. the mom's not it's... doing anything about it. And I was like... Are you public? Like, do people not drip with shame in high school like I did? Like, you're publicly making out with your neck-tattooed boyfriend, and you're like, he's my forever. I'm like, I would. People are, like, overtly, like, the high schoolers in this movie are, like, overtly sexual. Yes. In the Okay, this movie deals with sex in the weirdest way. Oh like, we have to talk about- <laughs> Yes, I texted you about this because it is- there's so much to unpack. The power because, of like, Zac Efron to make high schoolers absolute. In, like, I don't care how hot Zac Efron is, <laughs> you would not be like, you know what? His, if I were in high school and I were dating a boy that put in front of my whole class took 60 condoms for the weekend, I would murder myself on the spot. Literally, when he's like, we need a lot. I was like, no, no. And also like, how many are you taking it was so upsetting like he just grabs like eight of like oh my it's it's so upsetting and she just sits there and then everyone's like oh yeah the scene where he gives this weird speech about like waiting for marriage and all this stuff and all the girls are like fucking swooning which like this is a creepy thing for you to be talking about he's using the phrase making love and like coming out of zach Efron's mouth and then also i'm like you were fucking your like girlfriend in high school so what is going on I mean, a lot of this movie is weird like he's a hypocrite but also like he doesn't want people to make the same mistakes as him but also i'm like is this an anti-abortion movie like from is this movie pro-life <sighs> i yeah i have like some questions like i i was like is the message of this movie bad is a note that i have for the question okay mark. <laughs> here's my biggest thing that i wrote about in my letterbox review is that yes. he has this whole speech that he writes about the first time that he saw Scarlett, and it's like Zac Efron delivers it to Scarlett at the divorce hearing, and he's like, it's a note from, you know, Matthew Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Which I will say, I also, like, as a kid, I thought that was the sweetest scene in the world. I still do. He really has a lot of passion. He's also, like, probably wearing a fitted white t-shirt, which just is, like, is a hot look for him. Oh my god, okay, finish your thought, and then I have to go back to his t-shirt and outfit, because there's a lot for me to unpack there. Obviously. So he has this whole 
like heartfelt monologue towards Scar, and he's like, the first time I saw you, you were reading Less Than Zero, which is a book about 18-year-olds doing coke until they die in LA, <laughs> by the way, and wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. My absolute first thought is that woman would get an abortion in high school. That woman would exactly. abort a teen Exactly. No, she, there, that's the other thing. It's like, she would have, Leslie Mann's character, or Scarlett, for sure would have gotten an abortion. Like, I'm gonna go live my dream. Exactly. Everything... Like, we get one scene with this girl in, like, the very pure white dress or whatever, and we're like, okay, cool, she's pregnant, she's gonna marry her high school boyfriend. But, like, everything about Lousy Man, everything that Matthew Perry <laughs> thinks about his high school crush, I'm like, this woman would not have married you, my dude. This woman does not like you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, if anything, I'm like, he was probably the one who's like, oh, you should keep the baby. Like, in my mind, would have been like, he would have been, like, pushing for it. Thank you. I was like, he threw away his whole life is the whole narrative of this. And I'm like, maybe he was like, let's have the kid. Yeah. For sure. I agree with you. I was like, there's just some lack of continuity here in this characterization. That's the thing, like, with this movie that is weird, is that all the people, like, don't match, like, their personalities don't match their actions. Like, yes. the fact that, like, Stan plays basketball makes no sense. The fact that Maggie is, like, trying to just, like, aggressively fuck what ends up being her dad, but then is like, Stan broke up with me because, like, I didn't want to put out. Yeah, and is also dating a criminal, but, like, doesn't ever do anything when he's being a horrible bully in school. And is just kind of, like, sitting there quietly. I'm like, do you even like him? Like, yeah. And also, like, she's this, like, goth girl, so, like, why is she dating the basketball star? Like, if he was, like, a teen stoner thing, I could see that. It doesn't make any and then, sense. And of course, the scene where she's like, oh my god, he broke up with me, we were gonna move in together, and blah blah blah, and he's like, I'm not gonna let you throw away your future like that, and I'm like, in my mind, like, wait, so you did that, but you regret it, but you ultimately don't regret it, because you love her, and you love your kids, so, like, what are you instructing your daughter to do now? Like, it makes no sense. Oh, God. And then the scene where, like, he she's trying to, like, fuck him mm -hmm. is the, the noises she makes are so upsetting. <laughs> I think I closed my eyes during it. I, I hurt. I hurt. You're gonna be a baby gazelle or I'm gonna be a baby gazelle. Exactly. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> It's like, I, we can't, I can't say any of the lines that were uttered during that. It was so upsetting to me. It's like a 16 year old, so... like, trying out dirty talk. It's like, frightening. It was, yeah, it's just so deeply upsetting. And he's just, like, running around. There's also some very offensive lines in this movie. Literally, hold on. I wrote one down. He says, if this was Afghanistan, oh. she would be dragged through the street with goats with her hands cut off. That is like, true. Also, there's the part the where fuck? he's at the bowling alley, which is where the hit parties are, I guess. He's at the bowling alley, and all these girls are, like, throwing themselves at you, and he's like, ladies, let's learn about respect. Like, men won't respect you if you don't respect yourselves. I'm like, this is not privy to fourth wave feminism, I feel like. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, very problematic moments in this slut movie that I was like, basically. yes. I think this was just kind of in the era of slut shaming, where it was it still really cool is. to be like, oh my god, those girls are whores? Fuck, like, ew. Now it's like nobody was yeah. that. It's like the new Britney documentary, if you haven't watched that. Haven't they talk it about that. Yeah, it's just about how we're fucking terrible to women, especially yeah. during that, like, time. We were just like, haha, you're a whore, and it's yeah. fucking awful. Yep. We treat women like shit. Fuck the patriarchy. We lived it. Yep. <sighs> it's so bad. I think, ultimately, this movie has problems with its characterization. It has a well-written Ned character, so I think somebody on the writing team is probably a fucking nerd. <laughs> just like wanted to see some sort of redemption it's sort of a like 
lame transformation story, like, when he's looking into the vortex that eventually turns him young again, it's just, like, his young self, like, reaching back up to him. I'm like, who edited this? Yeah, like, it's, like, a bad movie. Like, it's just, yeah. like, there's a lot happening. But I will say, there's the scenes where he puts on that white, fitted white shirt and the leather jacket okay, and the aviator glasses. I want you to know, any woman in our generation... If I mention 17 again, you know that scene where he gets out of the car and puts the jacket on? Every single person knows what I'm talking about. They'll be like, people will be like, I haven't even seen that movie, but I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah. They show it from like four different angles repeated. He gets a, a three-peat <laughs> of that turnaround. And I will say, I needed every single repeat of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and what I will say is that was what I think the moment, like as a teen, I was like, I was wow. like, I want to have sex with men. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's like when you, like, realize. I wonder if it ruined a whole generation of women because I was literally like, I want a man that is so aloof. Like, yeah. he doesn't talk to anybody around him. He literally just gets out of his car and he's like, I know I'm hot. He has no interest in being friendly. Just walks None. into an empty school. I was like, I would die for him. Yeah. No, I think that that scene actually ruined men for me forever. Like, yes. that scene. Like... And they're playing underdog by Spoon. Like, come on. <laughs> The it's best. amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. But no one has looked better in a leather Ever. jacket and white t-shirt. It no is... one has looked better in life with aviators. Tom Cruise in Top Gun who? Yes. Like, literally still rewatched it. The rest of that movie was painful. Felt it in that scene. Like, wow. Gorgeous. Just like Top Gun was fucking stupid except for the last 20 minutes. I was like, this movie is pretty fucking stupid except for that one. Yeah, like honestly, like you shouldn't watch the movie, but you should watch the movie simply for that moment. Yeah, just like, go on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, just like Search watch it, it on and repeat. At least fifteen teen girls have posted it. I'm sure. Yeah. Me but, yeah, that was <laughs> because when you we were talking about this, you're like, oh, like I was like, well, who should I choose or whatever? And then I was like, that was the scene that came to my mind. I was like, yes. what is something as a teen that I was like, whoa. Yes. That was it. That was it. Exactly. Exactly. We all we all know where we were when we saw Zach Efron get out of the Porsche. Like, come on. <sighs> my god come on a unifying experience for our community teenage girls (laughs) oh my god but yeah like it makes me look past all the like the creepy weird like him trying to like fuck the mom and stuff and like the mom was would have been into it like she was thinking about it she was definitely thinking about it she's like on the brink of a divorce she knew it was up yeah it's california things are loose you know like should she have fucked zach efron like maybe maybe i wouldn't have looked down on it yeah, and also, like, she would have been fucking her own husband? I don't know. The implications are weird. I will say I did like Sterling Knight in this. I thought he was good. As the, he was good. As the boy. <laughs> but I, I did remember when the mom came to the bowling alley, or, you know, came to the house party, because he wasn't answering his phone, and he was like, look, don't worry. And he, he's, like, making her look at him kissing a girl. I was like, literally, okay. Thank you for bringing this up because literally, again, another moment where I felt myself die a little bit inside is both his parents then are watching his like first kiss, first presumably. Kiss? Literally, I was like, and they both want it. They're both like, come look, he's doing great. I'm like, what? What I don't understand is like in high school, middle school or whatever, kissing publicly, like how? Okay, I do, how? I do feel like people did it, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> like yes people did it but it was certainly not us yes so i'm like maybe to some extent like this is realistic but I, like it does not resonate for me i was like this no is a different it, it makes me deeply upsetting like go hide behind a bush or something like it's just too much yeah go find a closet that has a questionable lock on it yeah exactly 
yeah, just, yeah, that was upsetting. But again, all of this is worth it for simply that 30 seconds of Zac Efron getting out of that car. Yeah, I don't think I need to rewatch this anytime soon, but, like, I rewatched it and I was like, this is, parts of this were worth it, you know? No, I think I gave it, I gave it two and a half, because, like, I feel like for this movie... It's hard to, like, judge it, like, uh, I'm like, this is, like, a bad movie, but, like, for what it is, it's a two and a half, you know? And also, that Zac Efron scene. It it brought it up the half star for me. It potentially changed the world. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It changed mine. Dare I say. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's mine. Do you want to go on to yours? I mean, I strongly agree with you on that one, but when you, when we talked about this topic... You immediately were like, it has to be Zac Efron. And I was like, well, his, the hottest he's ever looked, the hottest any human potentially has ever looked, is that scene in Seventeen again. And you were like, I know. Um, when I thought of my personal crush, it um, everyone knows it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm obsessed. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was obsessed with Aaron Taylor Johnson, who, if you don't know, is the male lead in the movie we're going to talk about, which is Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, which is 2008, which is, I guess, obviously they're going to be the same time frame because we were... 13, 14 yeah. then. And wow. Wow, wow. Okay, to be honest. It's, first of all, it's a Nickelodeon and Paramount movie, so it has very Nickelodeon vibes. It does to have it. very Nickelodeon vibes. Also, it's based on a book that I loved Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Stonging. I read the entire series. Those books are fucking funny. It's called, they, I've never read those. I didn't realize it was called Full Frontal Snogging. Is that the last the credits part? at the beginning? I did. They didn't. say based on the book <laughs> Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. I don't know why they changed it. I wonder if it's like, Full frontal is more of a British term, and they wanted it to be more universal, but I don't know. Um, Probably. It's a whole collection of... Spoiler, in the book, she actually does go to New Zealand for a bit, and then she comes back, but... Um, oh, I have thoughts on the ending. She should have gone to New Zealand, but we'll get to that ooh, later. I don't think so. Anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, so I read all these books when I was a teen. If there happens to be a teen girl listening to this, I recommend them. They're really great. They're really funny. They're, they're not raunchy, but they're, like, real in a sort of, like, Judy Bloom kind of way. Um, so I loved the books, but I did watch the movie before the books, I think. Anyway, basically when Megan was, like, teenage crush, I immediately thought of the movie Nowhere Boy, which stars Aaron Taylor Johnson as a young John Lennon. That movie is fucking lame and really boring to talk about, but just for reference, anybody listening, the, like, truly the crushest crush I've ever had in my life was on that man, because he's wearing glasses and I'm obsessed with men that wear glasses. But it is Aaron Taylor Johnson. And swoon. He's just, like, a British heartthrob. Anyway, do you still think he's hot? Like, in yeah. today, in the modern context? Yeah. And like, Corinne, like, I don't even know what he's in now. But the difference, I guess, between Seventeen Again and Angus Thongs and Perfect Smogging is obviously that Angus Thongs is, like, about a girl. So it resonated so much more with me because I was like, oh my god, female friendships when you're, like, 14, 15. I thought some of this was, like, shockingly good and clear and sharp in the female friendships. It's also directed by a woman. And it's British. It takes place in some, like, I don't know beach town um eastbourne in england and the, this man is just insanely swoon worthy i will say yeah this movie um this movie hurt me more to watch <laughs> than the first yes, one because it's it's a lot it's a lot more pain yeah and it's also i mean i guess that we resonate with it we don't have teenage it's kids and we're not being of no but being a 14 year old girl is just awful it's, it's just terrible awful you couldn't pay me to do it again so yeah this this 14 year old girl she and her friends are going at it in life and she has this really big crush on this guy Robbie and it's kind of all that unfolds during that crush as well as the side plot where her parents are like maybe on the rocks because her dad gets a job in New Zealand and 
maybe wants to move the family to New Zealand and she really wants, you know, it's, it's more about her than it is about their relationship, which I like. It's like the end is like she's feeling good within herself and feeling healthy. Also, what teen girl wouldn't love this movie? The point of it is literally like you can get the hottest guy on earth just by absolutely doing nothing and being your true self. I know. Well, okay, this is why I do, like, this, I hate this movie, but I also enjoy this movie in a weird, I have a weird relationship with this movie. (laughs) But, yeah, it does, it does do good things with its characters, because, yeah, like, Georgia is, like, a normal girl. Like, she's not, like, the super, like, hot blonde girl. Like, that's her whole thing, is that she wants to be that, and then she learns to, like, not go for that. But, yeah, she gets Robbie. The crazy thing is that Robbie is the Zac Efron guy. Like, he's he not is, a regular guy. He's literally Zac Efron. Except, like, instead of basketball, it's like a band. Yeah. So I think I definitely watched this and was like, oh my god, I can totally see myself in Georgia. Like, I'm that funny girl that's, like, not actually that cute. Like, oh, and it ends up obviously being the funny girl that gets the funny... I don't know. Also, I will say one of my comments about this was I think it's so cringy when movies try to like encapsulate chemistry like within a scene like the scene where they're both like fake guitaring on the boat it's like oh my my god God, it's supposed to show that they're hitting it off but i'm like this is so corny and this would never happen and it's just yeah it's weird because like some of it's so corny and there's other moments where like that's why it's so painful to watch like things that you would do with your friends as a 14 year old girl the physical attractiveness test do you know how many times that i was at a sleepover and literally the conversation for girls when they're that age is to be like what's wrong with me? Like, you ask your friends all the time, you're like, what's annoying about me? Tell me I won't be mad. I've definitely said that sentence before. Yeah, it's so fucked it's up. Like, it's just... Honestly. It, no, it's super messed up because you're like, oh, like, I hate my nose. I hate this. I hate that. And, like, you take the fucking Cosmo quizzes and you're like, I'll be alone forever and die. Like, 17, like, magazine, like, everything's terrible. I will never kiss a boy. The Literally, world is ending. Part of being 14 and 15 is just, like, hating yourself and, like, talking about it nonstop with your girlfriends. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And also, there's so many good things that they do with, like, the teen, like, girl relationships where, like, people are, like, she comes, like, oh, the opening scene where she goes as the olive <laughs> and all her friends are dressed up as, like, hot things. So good. And I respect her so much. I was like, that makes you just love her. Yeah. But the, the idea that, like, the whole, like, friendships during that time where you're like i fucking hate you it's over she rips down all the photos and the next day they're like let's hang out like or it's fine the fact having a fight with your friend and having her be like you thought that she was fake you're faker than her like i literally was told that by a friend once like it there's so many what's the word i'm looking for like i don't know not accelerations but like you just everything's blown out of proportion everything is so dramatic like somebody wrongs you and you're like you're a bitch and i've never liked you <laughs> I literally had one of the worst falling outs of my life to this day over carpool. Like, mm-hmm. in middle school, like, I carpooled with somebody else instead of my other friend, and it was truly the end of the world. Everything was huge. Everything was a big deal, which is the thing that this movie captures, because literally everything is a huge deal for her. She's like, he will never talk to me again, and then I'll die alone. It's like, you're 14. You're probably not going to date him for more than a month anyway. Yeah. It's like, crazy. and also, like, all these girls are trying to date people, and you're like, you don't, they don't care about you but the stuff that they do to get the guys like the the initial scene where they're like lowering their voices and all that stuff oh my god when it hurts they charlotte watch him and they write down that he gets chips and mushy peas i was like i would do that i would literally like take notes in my journal about like oh my god he uses black number two pencils i was like yep or like when you would be with your friends like i gotta take look we're gonna walk by like we're gonna walk by where he hangs out it's crazy because she does so much scheming in this and is like oh my god i'm gonna go out with this guy to his gig and i was like i didn't 
do any of that because I wasn't like cool or like like I was so nervous that like if I did a scheme I would actually have to talk to the person I had a crush on you know so I would literally just with my friends analyze the three words he had said to me in the hallway once oh yeah because anytime a boy would come near me I would panic like, I would I just first of all I would it be was like bad. he has a crush on me oh I yes you assume everyone has a crush on you but you also are like I can never speak to them I can never speak to them like even if I had a crush on somebody for like three years I'd be like this will go nowhere I will not deduce a scheme to make him like me i simply have to stare from afar until for some reason he speaks to me we've carried on in our lives like we've talked about this in our apartment in college where we're like we'll just we'll just watch until we die until it goes away just die with this crush because crushes are honestly so embarrassing i remember how much shame we're not even talking about the movie we're honestly just talking about ourselves as teenagers at this point so much shame surrounded who you liked i remember it was such a like truth or dare question at a sleepover and it was like oh my god are you serious you like or somebody would be like who do you like and you'd lie you know yes oh my god this this brings me back like literally i remember like i would come home from like sleepovers whatever like so, always upset like i never left sleepover happy <laughs> sleepovers were really a terrible idea they were really awful they were too stressful and i was always like they want to play truth or dare and everything about me is embarrassing and my mom was like you know you can lie like like and i was like you can't and i was like how do you lie she's like just say truth and then fucking lie Literally. and i was like i was like oh my god i honestly do think wow that what a revelation it ruined yeah. it really did ruin the game for me when i realized like oh if they ask me something i don't want to say i can just lie <laughs> but like honestly it was a lifesaver sometimes because like Wow. There was just so much internalized shame. But... So much. I was ashamed of so much at that age. And this movie really doesn't capture it, to be honest. She's not that ashamed. Like, she literally tells a guy she's a lesbian, and the next day somebody at school is like, are you a lesbian? And she's like, no. And I'm like, I would have... That was... Yeah. What? <sighs> this movie just, like... <laughs> just, like, the reason we're talking so much about us is because it's, like, it just brings up so many bad so moments stuff. that the... just her the fight the big fight between her and jazz first of all i would like to say jazz gets a bad rap because she's kind of an airhead or whatever jazz is a homie yeah first of all she does the thing with angus where she like holds she tries her best at that honestly where she like holds angus so that georgia can do her thing she like at every turn georgia is like failing and like being awkward and is like i'll never get the guy and she's like constantly supportive and like goes out of her way to be like don't worry i'll like talk about you with my boyfriend which is like she doesn't have to do any of this you know she's a person living her own life and georgia is somehow being like you always have to make sure I'm at the forefront of your mind, which is cuckoo, but also something that I probably would have done when I was 14. For sure. Jazz doesn't have to do any of this. She literally babysits Libby at the pool so that Georgia can kiss Robbie. And I'm like, go, you know, go you. Like, you're a good person, yeah. Jazz. Yeah. No, she's a good person. I th- I like her. Like, I really like that character and, like, I like their friendship and mm-hmm. it feels pretty real and honest. It does. But I will say... The outfit that she wears at the end of this movie is so deeply upsetting to me. That is truly... Everybody remembers that outfit. Yes, the hair, yeah. the headband. God, this is another thing that made this movie terrible to watch. It's all the fucking... Every outfit she wore to see Robbie, I was like, this is mortifying for you. Although him at this stiff Dylan's gig, wearing a graphic tee and a vest, I was like, swoon. I was like, yeah. I would... Also, a bass player. <laughs> My first... My first note is, of course, Robbie is a bass player. Of course. Bass player is always weirdly hot, but also irrelevant, but also hot. It's like such a weird. The bass player has a fascinating dynamic, but more needs to be written on the bass. Written on the bass. (laughs) Oh 
my god. But, like, the bangs, her, like, plucking her fucking eyebrows, and then when you're like, should I shave? Should I not shave? Oh, god, it's terrible, Charlotte. And the eyeliner, all the terrible eyeliner, the smoky eyes, and then so many layers. Just so many layers. I have a picture of myself, actually, with Zac Efron, so, like, really my childhood dream, and I'm wearing... I think 42 layers. Like, I don't know <laughs> what is happening. Yeah, when you had, like, the cami, and then the, like, t-shirt over the top, and then the vest. The cardigan. Yeah, the cardigan. And it was just so many clothing items. Like, what was I doing? Being 13 and literally thinking I bought the cutest outfit of my life, and it was an aqua blue, like, Henley, <laughs> which I wore a white cami under, and wore a red zip-up hoodie, halfway zipped, of course, over it. And I thought I looked incredible. Oh, God. Yeah, the outfits in this movie hurt me. Again, everything about this movie hurt me. Like, physically, I lost a year of my life watching this movie. Honestly, this movie was too heavy-handed with everything. Like, the end scene where her mom throws her, like, a hundred-person birthday party, and she- Lindsay comes back! Okay, first of all, Lindsay, your ex-boyfriend is on stage performing at his new girlfriend's birthday party, and you go on stage and go, it's your last chance, like, me or her. Like, who do you think? He didn't even come to your birthday party. It's not you, Lindsay. So, okay, here's my hot take with this movie. Is Robbie actually a bad dude because he's, like, two-timing these girls? Like, the ultimate, I think, whether or not, here's my take, whether or not Robbie is a bad dude doesn't matter, because it's about Georgia. That is and true. ultimately, yeah, she gets him, but it's, like, so much more about her personal growth and how she's not mean to her friends anymore and how she knows who she is and she knows that she's perfect. But I ultimately don't think it revolves around him. That is and true. So, he's yeah, kind of, like, just, like, a side part to He's it. a side part, and it's nice that she gets him, and he's really, 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 really hot. What does it for you? Is it the hair? Is it the bass player vibe? First of all, it's not his accent. <laughs> because that man, I will try and impersonate it right now. The first line we hear him say, he comes and brings a cup of tea to his brother, and he's like, can't can't have let my brother talk to some good-looking girls about a cup of tea. I'm like... (laughs) What a great... Also, I do have a note being like, what a terrible first line for a movie, but also, what would you be into as 14 would be a guy saying that. Yes. Being not only is he, like, bringing tea, but he's like, oh, two good-looking girls here. His accent is insane. Sorry to the England. But, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was like, Duh. Anyway. But, yeah, sometimes he'll just, like, make that stupid face that boys make when they're just kind of like, ah. Oh, and I'm like, I die for it. I don't know. He I also die for, like, wears a ring on his, like, pointer finger. I love it. I love that he's a bass player. I think I just love that he's, like ignores people and is aloof and like you know never has to try like he has these two different girls who are obsessed with him he never really has to do anything other than think about which one he wants to date it's like my dream yeah i feel like people had too many options for like partners in this movie like what yeah david like, ends up with ellen it's all good all all peachy you know like every yeah yeah she's like my life is horrible i'm a 14 year old girl I'm like you went through three different dudes in this movie like good for you like honestly. insane yeah also like there's a pair a boy that just teaches people how to kiss which honestly may be a good idea but also creepy that was one of the things that i saw this movie when i was younger and i was like <gasps> because there's there's a lot about this movie and maybe it's because it's british but it's like shocking you're like oh my god like they put the pencils in between their boobs like oh my god they sit on their hands to make them fall asleep so it feels like someone else is touching their boobs they like 
It's very, like, it's sexual kind of for like a Nickelodeon sexual. movie. It's kind of, like, shocking. It's kind of like they're going for... These teenage girls don't just eat pizza. They also, like, tell each other how their nose look. You know? Um, so that was a little bit weird. I, I guess I didn't always resonate with the height to which they had these experiences. Yeah. I feel like they were just too open about it. Yes. Or maybe, again, it was just us that we were just full of shame yeah. as teens. Is that American? I was so full of shame. I don't know. Honestly, it's probably American. So full of shame. We're, we're fucked time. up. I was like, nobody can know anything, I think, ever. Yeah. But I did love the the big fight toward, between Jazz and Georgia when they're playing basketball. Because they're both right. Like, Jazz is like, you're just jealous that I have a boyfriend. And Georgia's like, you just, like, forgot about me when you got your boyfriend and you're totally not helping me through this, like, period of social unrest. And she's like, because you keep using all these schemes and you're calling Lindsay fake. And I'm like, yes. Like, this is finally coming to a head of this, like... Because that's how female friendships are at that age. It's, like, very complicated. And you're both kind of extremely selfish and self-centered. But also know you're, like, fiercely loyal, too. Like, these are my people, and they are here for me, whether the boys come or they go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's just... But yeah, their their friendship is good. And we don't maybe need to rewatch it ever. I I don't... I've... You made... You and our friend Alice made us... Made me watch this in college. Oh, my God. If you remember. Was she into And I was... Yes, of course she was. She loved it. And you guys made me watch it. And, like, again, that was the first time that I saw it was with you guys. I did not watch it as a teen. I remember when and... they were, t- they, like, had ads for it on Nickelodeon. And they were like, the new movie, you know. What did they, they always said 8-7 Central. Was that what they said? That's what they said on the yeah, Eastern Yeah, something time like zone. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, no, watching it the first time hurt. Watching it this time alone hurt more. I don't know why. Like, it just, it maybe because it was back-to-back with Seventeen again, it was just, like, a lot. Maybe also because I knew how it was going to end. Like, to some extent, this movie's worth watching if you're like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen? Like, but since I'd already seen it and I knew what happened, it kind of was, like, almost hard to get through at parts. I was like, this is so cringe. I could literally turn it off and not be bothered. Yeah. But, but she should have gone to New Zealand. That would have been a better ending for the movie. Really? Yeah, because she would have been like, it's more like, oh, I grew up, I know what I needed to do, mm-hmm. like, I have to move on, like, and I'm okay with that. I felt like that would be more empowering. Yeah, I do get that, but I do think she was using New Zealand as, like, an escape, instead of, like, rekindling things with Jazz, or, like, you know, just talking to Robbie, which I guess she did, even though she thought she was going to New Zealand, she, like, met him on the beach. But it seemed more like she was escaping her life, as opposed to, like, confronting yeah like she was like i also do yoga twice a day it's like girl just get a therapist like, honestly during that phase i was like is this me during quarantine like like doing yoga like when i wake up and like being like very into myself like, don't worry and, like, i will make it through like i was like i did this i yeah. fully did this over the past fucking year oh god but it's just also a lot of watching uh aaron taylor johnson like make out with people which is probably like why you loved it uh, I just like his face. I think I like... He makes an expression that's kind of, like, bewilderment, but it looks really hot on him. It's kind of, like... Like, he's, like, shocked by what's being said, but he's also, like, still a hot boy. I like it a lot. Okay, f- I guess final thought is, like, if you were not a teen, If you were a teenage girl and you've never seen this movie, I would recommend seeing it. If you were a teenage girl and you saw this movie at one point, you don't really need to rewatch it. It's just gonna make you literally ache inside. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to see a hot boy watch nowhere boy because that's really the hottest he's ever looked and if you're only in this to look at aaron taylor johnson and also if okay i haven't seen nowhere boy but i looked it up and it also has another hot man in it the guy who's in um jojen reed and he's in um queen's gambit 
Um, is it the one Thomas? Yeah, Thomas Brody. He's from Singer? Game of Thrones. Yes, he's from Game of Thrones and like a whole bunch of different stuff. I think that man is hot. He's a mouse. Okay, but have you seen it? No, 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 no. Not in all movies. Not in all movies. But have you seen him in Queen's Gambit? No. Okay. It it works in Queen's Gambit. (laughs) So like, watch Queen's Gambit and you'll be like, it's hot. Like, it's definitely hot. Like, he wears, I think he wears a little leather jacket in it i think what i've really found is i'm very attracted to leather jackets i think i'm at a point in my life where i'm like i should just watch a james dean movie like why i haven't rebel without a cause i haven't done rebel without a cause wow you've never oh i've never seen it it's peak it's peak wow you'll be in love i really just want like a man to like look me in the eyes and then immediately turn away and like walk back to his motorcycle and then i'll just swoon forever it, but in a leather jacket. It has to be in a leather jacket the entire time. Me, but interesting. It has to be for me. <laughs> You're like, interesting, I do not budge. <laughs> so dark for you, Megan. It's so dark, but like, <sighs> 17 again indoctrinated me. I don't know what to tell I know. you. It ruined every woman ever. It really did. I will also say that this movie, again, has problems with female slut shaming. Because they're just like, Lindsay yes. is such a slag, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my god, like, she's just doing, she's living her truth, she's doing what she wants. Also, at the end, when Jazz is like, <gasps> when they rip out her fucking out her fake boobs, like, is that legal? That's <laughs> illegal, that's like such a violation. And yes, like, oh I was god, like, don't mean. do that to other women, don't like, do, do not do that. Don't do that to people. That's, yeah, like, and also, like, whatever, like, did everyone buy a Victoria's Secret push-up bra? Like, we are all faking it. Also, like, everyone wears a thong. They were like, oh my god, have you gotten your ticket to Bulgaria? I'm like, it's just underwear. That girl doesn't Also, to be lines. fair, but thongs, like, in middle school were, like, terrifying. They were terrifying. You would, like, I don't know about you, but you would, like, walk by Victoria's Secret, the mall, and you would, And like, be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, it was upsetting. You'd be upsetting. embarrassed to like, walk on the same side of the mall as it. You'd be like, I can't yeah. look inside, but I want to, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you would, like, walk by, and you're like with your friends like at the mall and you're like go in there like go in there and like look at the thong literally yeah truly why were we so ashamed of doing literally anything it's so embarrassing there's nothing you can do between the ages of like 12 and 17 that won't cause you extreme (sighs) shame (laughs) i loved how embarrassing the parents were in this because it's so true like whether you're because ultimately at the end the parents were cool they threw a cool party the people liked dancing with the dad and I was like, this is so me to literally be like, I have to die. My parents are so embarrassing. And like, yeah. they're totally normal people. <laughs> oh, God. Just like my final takeaway from this this week's experience with movies is that I really have a lot of unresolved teen shame that I need to work through. Yes. Clearly. And these movies hurt me in a way that I cannot describe. Like, I felt personally victimized by these movies. <laughs> I may need a full week to recover. Yeah. yeah like, we're going to need to do something next week that's going to bring me down from this i don't know yeah something that's doesn't remind us all at all of our teens probably something man written (laughs) blade runner perhaps oh yeah maybe sci-fi who knows we'll figure it out we'll decide later don't worry listeners (laughs) you will soon know